This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 97.1 FM Talk. On Demand Audio. Welcome back to the Annie Fry Show. We're grateful that you're here with us this afternoon. Uh, we've got a great show here planned for you. Our next guest I'm going to get to here in just a second is going to give us a little bit of an update on something that hasn't been talked about as much due to the Secretary of Defense's uh, rogue hospitalization, quiet hospitalization. But the Secretary of State has come out in the last couple of days and he said this. Israel must be a partner to Palestinian leaders who are willing to lead their people in living side by side in peace with Israel uh, and uh, as neighbors. And Israel must, be, uh, must stop taking steps that undercut Palestinians' ability to govern themselves effectively. Extremist settler violence carried out with impunity, settlement expansion, demolitions, evictions, all make it harder, not easier, for Israel to achieve lasting peace and security. So that's the Secretary of State talking about how Israel needs to partner with Palestinian leaders who are living, uh, willing to live side by side in peace. Hmm. Well, let's get to the last quote before we get to our Palestinian guest. civilians must be able to return home as soon as conditions allow. They must not be pressed to leave Gaza. As I told the prime minister, the United States unequivocally rejects any proposals advocating for the resettlement of Palestinians outside of Gaza. And the prime minister reaffirmed to me today that this is not the policy of Israel's government. Well, let's see what uh, retired Lieutenant General Keith Kellogg has to say about this from our Secretary of State. Welcome back to the show, General. We appreciate you being here with us today. Annie, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Look, you know, I listened to Tony Blinken. Yeah, this is one of the frustrations, Annie, I have here in Washington, D.C., is people tell you all the problems and never give you the solution. And, you know, I could hear him saying you need to do this, this needs to be done. But they don't, they don't give you an end state. Well, how are you going to do this? Who are you going to talk to? Who's the interlocutor that, that you've got to be able to talk to both the Palestinians and also the Israeli government? And, you know, you, you talk about these issues, but you don't give me, okay, how do I get out of it? And this is, they're not very good about it. Look, I will tell you how they get out of this is something we realized in the last administration. It's going to have to be economically how they get out of it. You've got to give peace, people a reason to stop killing each other. And part of that is you create an economic environment that they can grow from. If you don't have that kind of environment, they're just going to keep fighting. And the Palestinians, you know, they're the ones who created this problem with Hamas. They're the ones who went into Israel. There was no forces inside Gaza when this happened because Ariel Sharon decades ago pulled them out. And they're the ones who started the assault. And the Israelis, understandably, 
came back really hard after watching that massacre on 7 October. And their job is to eradicate Hamas, and they've said that. And that's a terrorist organization. And you can't get pushed back on the Israelis. You've got to say to them, look, we kind of get it. We kind of understand what you're doing. And you have to eradicate that political movement of Hamas that is focused in on terror. So I, I get, I really do get frustrated, Annie. A long comment to a pretty short question. Mm. I always get frustrated when I hear the politicians around this town talk, and I just tell them, like you would, and anybody else would in the business world and the commercial world. Okay, I got it. What's the solution? Well, I don't know. They never give you one. Yeah. That's the frustration I've got. Well, and you know, when there isn't an actual solution to the words that are being said, it feels very political, not policy-based. But like, yeah. what do the people want to hear, and how do we make it so that we can say it, so we can get the credit for it? I don't. I'm wondering how this uh, this brokered piece that the Secretary of State is trying to reach. How is he getting Palestinian leaders who are willing to live side by side in peace with Israel? Because my understanding is October. Maybe I'm wrong, but Israel was living side by side in peace with uh, Hamas next door. And then Hamas is the one who decided to kick the door down. And we know what happened next. Yeah, it, it was. And look, here's how we handle it. And we were criticized in the last administration until it worked. And then they said, oh, it was a good idea. I mean, the, the whole intent, we went and talked to the Palestinians and we realized they weren't going to come across and work for peace in the region. You had Fatah, you had Hamas. You had the Palestinian Authority and Abbas, and, and nobody was really controlling anybody. And we said, look, we're going to go around you. We're going to talk to all the partners. We're going to talk to the Saudis. We're going to talk to the Emiratis. And that's when we came up with the Abraham Accords. And we said to the Palestinians in a briefing that we set up in Bahrain, that, by the way, they refused to attend. And we said, this is the way you get out of it. And it's all based off economics and, and restructuring and redeveloping Gaza, which is right on the Mediterranean. I mean, you talk about beachfront property. Mm. It's right there. And, and they wouldn't even talk to us about it. So we went around them. And that's when Tony Blair, and I sat next to Tony Blair when the Abraham Accords were assigned and, and the residence in, in the White House residence itself, where we had a lunch. I sat right next to him. And he said to me, you guys got this one right. We had it wrong. Because they said everything has to be done through the Palestinians. No, it doesn't. Bring them across. Make them really understand this is how we're going to get things done. Look, you've got one group that's governing Gaza, which is Hamas. They threw out another terrorist group, Fatah. And the Israelis are not going to work with them. So the question is, how do you do it? It's going to have to be – in a, historically, the United States has always been the key interlocutor. You know, that's when you know, we brought them back to Camp David the Palestinians and the Israelis or whoever, we took them you know, in Oslo. We always kind of led the way. That's not happening. So what you're going to see is a lot of talk, but a lot of fighting. And you're going to say the Israelis continue to strike at Hamas until somebody figures a way how to come out of this. And right now, there's no solution. Of course, it's been that way since biblical times. Yeah. But we had a way out of it before, and it was just thrown away. We're speaking with retired Lieutenant General Keith Kellogg. He's the former National Security Advisor to the Trump administration, the co-chair of the Center for American Security at America First Policy Institute. Uh, I, I guess my assumption here from what I little I know in my frequent talks with you that really helps get me up to speed is you can't really have a conversation about some sort of peaceful two-state solution and ignore what's going on with Iran and that this conversation uh, has gotten to this point globally because of American softness towards Iran. Is that still the case? Yeah, it is, Annie, and it's just not Iran. You know, when you look at it, I mean, I, very honestly, I'm looking at the world right now, 
And it's a very complex world right now, and there's a lot of problems in it. I don't care if it's the Far East, whether you've got Kim Jong-un with firing off his brand-new ICBMs or testing nuclear devices, and you've got China, you've got the Middle East problem that's going on, and then you've got Ukraine and Russia. These are major issues and major problems, and they're on the president's plate, and they're on the national security team's plate for the by the administration. And you just can't whistle past the graveyard with these. You've got to handle them, and you've got to work with them and figure your way either through it or out of the, the box that you're in. And the longer these go, my experience has, has been that the longer you let a problem fester, it gets worse. It is harder to put back in the box. Example, when you've got the Houthi shooting at ships and shutting down commerce uh, and, and basically violating freedom of navigation into the Red Sea, uh, you know that's a major problem, but we've just kind of ignored it. If you'd shut that down early, Things might have been different. You go to the source, which is the Iranians. You do something that's dramatic. When I mean by dramatic, not you know like like a movie dramatic, but something very very big and hard that people get you get people's attention and they tend to back off. You know, we did that from Af- when before, and I'm proud to say we did that with Afghanistan. We did that with the Middle East. We we looked at each one that was really hard. We attacked each one hard. We made some very tough decisions. Some that were filled with risk, but risk is part of the issue. It's part of the pro- you know problem set. You have to accept risk. You know, like when we killed Soleimani, we knew there was going to be risk to that, but it quieted down the entire Middle East for over a year. Yeah. So um, you know we worked with Afghanistan and the Doha Agreement. People didn't like the Doha Agreement. No American was killed the last year. Uh, and no American was killed in Afghanistan the last year we were in office because we set the process working. And that's how you have to handle it. And it's not being done. And I mean, it's, they've got more than enough problems to handle right now. And, and very candidly, and, and I know it's a harsh assessment, they're not doing very well at it. Yeah, it, it really seems that way. And it's hard to look at a map and not see a very close adjacent crisis unfolding across the globe. Let me ask you a broad question. You can answer this however you like. Uh, we're speaking with uh, General Keith Kellogg here on the Annie Fry Show. Is America under attack anywhere right now? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. 
Well, it's, uh, when you say under attack, it's an interesting comment. When you, is there a direct assault other than an open border, which is a national security issue? And I talked to somebody today. I said, you know, really, well, there's no border in the South. That's an attack on our national liberty. So that we get under attack in, in what you're looking at, illegal immigration, and it coming across the southern border, that's under attack. But if you're talking kinetic attack, no. But if you're talking... If you're talking economic attack, sure we are. If you're talking diplomatic attack, sure we are. So you, people wouldn't say as America under attack. People didn't tend, Andy, to think immediately of something kinetic, a war. Mm-hmm. But it's much more than that because when you look at national security, it's a very broad area. You just can't define it militarily because when I was in the national security arena, you had to look at it militarily. You had to look at economically. You had to look at diplomatically. And a lot of that was based on the people that were in the leadership positions. So that's a broad question. My answer would be generically the answer is yes, because we're under assault. Our values are under assault. Uh, We have soldiers under assault in the Middle East. Uh, We have our borders being assaulted as well. So it's one of those, it's how you define it. And I define it pretty broadly. So now I'll close the circle. The answer is yes. Yeah, we're speaking with the retired Lieutenant General Keith Kellogg. You were the former national security advisor to the Trump administration, and it the world did not look like this when Donald Trump was in office. It was just a different time, and there was a lot of attention to those different types of things that you were pointing out. A lot of people think being attacked is like a hot war, war where everybody sees it, knows it, can identify it and say, yes, this is very bad. But a lot of the strength that was imposed throughout the world, American strength, was based through economic efforts by the Trump administration. What has the Biden administration done with those efforts by the Trump administration? And let's say a Donald Trump or somebody who likes that America first uh, agenda, if they were to win in November of 2024, what could they do to what Joe Biden has done to what Trump did? Yeah, it's another great question, Andy, because you almost have to reset the battlefield. What I mean by reset, because they're not doing anything. And there, there's, it goes back to what Blinken said earlier. There's a lot of talk, but there's no action behind it. You know, you've got to be able to talk, and then you actually have to execute what you're talking about. And, and somebody asked me a, a very similar question. They said, well, how long would it take? I said, you can almost fix it immediately. And they go, what are you talking about? I said, look, your adversaries, and including and your allies, all look at the leadership in the White House because that's the prime level of leadership, commander in chief level. And if that changes, if you want somebody like a Trump, if he becomes a presumptive nominee of the Republican Party and then he runs and he wins, well, everybody knows what he did for four years. So then everybody starts to reset because they said, oh, here we go again. We know what happened four years. We got a good understanding. And they will recalibrate what they're doing. And the same with the Biden administration. They kind of know what they've got. So the reset can handle, happen almost immediately because of the personalities involved, because all of this is based on leadership. I mean, example, we have you know, a, naval, a very powerful naval force in the Mediterranean and in the Persian Gulf region. Well, it can be as powerful as you want it to be. But if you haven't got the will to execute or the will to go through and, and conduct some type of operation – then that powerful military force is is feckless. It's not going to be used at all. Nobody's going to worry about it. And that, the Houthis aren't worried about it. They've said they're going to keep responding. This is an organization that most people can't, the country they can't find on a map, and the leadership they can't figure in Wikipedia. You know, it's one of those, who are these guys? But they're basically shutting down 
12% of the world's commerce, infecting freedom of navigation in the Red Sea, and we haven't really done anything about it. And I, they said, well, we stood up a task force called Prosperity Guardian. It hadn't done anything. And here's the problem. People are voting. It was one that the, the, the merchants are voting with their fleets. They're just not putting them through. But the both the um, Spanish and the Italians and the French all opted out of Prosperity Guardian, and they said, we're going to take care of our own vessels. And the French are escorting their own ships through the Red Sea. That's that's a lack of confidence in what we're going to do. So, you know, put this all in a big bucket. It's just not a good world to be in right now. Well, I want to I don't want to take up too much of your time. We're speaking with retired Lieutenant General Keith Kellogg. One last question before we go. You're talking about a lack of leadership. And I think we can see that, of course, in the foreign policy and national security concerns, as well as a lot of domestic issues. Do you have any comments about the defense secretary debacle over the course of the last couple of weeks? Does that actually cripple our ability to do what we need to do to keep this country safe? Yeah, because it was a judgment lapse, and it's reckless and irresponsible for what he did. And I don't know, I know Lloyd Austin, but look, he was one of the two national command authorities. It's civilian control of the military. The president, all the orders go through the president, president to uh, the secretary of defense, and the secretary of defense to his combat commanders. For example, let's use central command with Eric Carrillo, the four-star. It would go from Biden to Austin to Carrillo. That's how it works. When he's not in there, there's nobody in between. So the, the chain of command is broken down. And that's actually reckless and irresponsible. And Lloyd Austin knows better. And everybody knows better. That's where you people are starting to go, oh, how did that happen? You know, look, I'll be very honest. When I, when I was on the national security team in, in the Trump administration, I had had my hip replaced. I went in and told the president, Mr. President, I'm going to be out of action for a couple of days. I'm going to go get I'm going to be under, you know, go under a general, get my hip replaced, and come back and say, how are you doing? He didn't even tell the president that. And that's, I, just, that's, I just can't fathom that he did that. And, he, and we used to always track. The, the Secretary of Defense, because obviously he's important because he's one of the National Command Authorities, he's also sixth in line to the presidency. And you, you look at this and you go, you can't do that. And the entire chain of command broke. And that that's why I think it's really hard for me to understand they, because they know better. So this was a big miss by them, and it was a judgment lapse. You know, there's a way out of it. I think if, there, if, if I was in the administration, if I was the White House Chief of Staff, I'd walk into Lloyd. And I'd say to him, Lloyd, what you need to do is tender your resignation, knowing fully well the president will not accept it. So then you've kind of covered half of it. But you've got to say to him, I screwed this up. I'm at fault. I'm at fault in, in keeping basically the American people safe and ensuring the civilian uh, control of the military. They had missed. Well, we will look and see if your advice is taken there. We are very grateful for your time. Thank you for being with us today and weighing in on these issues that are the probably the biggest issues facing us right now. Whether the average American understands what's going on, they definitely want to, and you are a, a great sage in helping us do so. Thanks, Annie. Thanks for having me. Of course. Bye-bye. Retired Lieutenant General Keith Kellogg. He's the former National Security Advisor to the Trump administration, the co-chair of the Center for American Security at America First Policy Institute. On Twitter, at General Kellogg, two L's, two G's. Go tell him thanks for being on the Annie Fry Show. If you enjoy his commentary here. Let's take a quick break. Wiggins America, back in studio. How to handle socially awkward situations. <laughs> By Ryan Wiggins. I don't, I've, I'm looking forward to this. Um, only coming from the very, very best experts, those at Harvard. I feel like we've gone to the well of Harvard more often than not here lately. Why is that? You know what we should do? We should just not tell people it's from Harvard. <laughs> <laughs> Wiggins America, we come back. Get more at 971talk.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, 
You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 